week of our series, Gold Digger. And I just, I love that, that word, actually, Gold Digger. It just sounds fun to say. If we want, we can all collectively just say it together. One, two, three. Gold. Come on, Kanye. And, uh, and so, uh, so, yeah, we are on our third week. And, uh, you know, I, I said hi to my wife, so I should probably say hi to everyone else who's viewing us online. Could we just welcome them this morning, though? They're not here. Yeah. Uh, we, it's, it's a great opportunity. Like, we love the fact that we can be in person, but some people just physically can't be here. And so uh, we're glad that they're joining us online uh, this morning. Uh, we just today, uh, we are finishing our 21 days of prayer. Come on. And so we started in August, or we started August 1st, excuse me. We started August 1st. Uh, and we've been meeting at 6.30 in the morning. We have some people. If you came at 6.30 in the morning, could you just lift your hand real quick? We just, Look at that. Come on. The brave ones. Y'all are the crazy ones. Those, hey, hey, you should have kept an eye on whose ever hand was up. Those are the people you want to pray for you when you're going through something. You know what I'm saying? Like the ones that are seeking Jesus when the sun barely comes up. Um, and so we've had an amazing time with that, and, um, and just we, yesterday we spent some time just sharing uh, some testimonies of, of what God has been doing, and, and I just want to say God is faithful, y'all. God is faithful, and so we're excited about that. So thank you for everyone that joined us, participated with us in our 21 days of prayer. So like I said, we are on week three of our series, Gold Digger, and so each week we've been looking at one golden nugget. That, um, that is necessary to you and I going deeper in our faith. And so week one, the first nugget was this, Jesus wants all of you. I wrote it down this week. <laughs> Jesus wants all of you. Week two, uh, last week, Jesus wants to be your all. And this week, we're going to find our nugget in John chapter 4, verse 15 through 19. And so if this is your first time joining us, we have been on a study of John chapter 4, the woman at the well, and it's been amazing. So we're going to be at John chapter 15. Excuse me, I lied. John chapter 4, verse 15. Uh, the scripture is going to be on, on the screen if you don't have your Bible. And it says this, the woman said to him, Sir, give me this water so that I won't get thirsty and have to keep coming here to draw water. Verse 16. He told her, go call your husband and come back. I have no husband, she replied. Uh-oh. Jesus said to her, you are right when you say you have no husband. Verse 18. The fact is you have had five husbands, and the man you now have is not your husband. Woo! <laughs> I'll drink to that. <laughs> Verse 19. Um, no, excuse me. What you have said is quite true. Verse 19. Sir, the woman said, I can see that you are a prophet. I can see that you are my prophet. This morning, if you're taking notes, I want to talk to you for the next, hopefully, 25 minutes. We'll see. On the, uh, on the title message, Heal My History. Heal my history. Let's pray and then we'll jump into it. Father, we love you. God, I thank you for each person that is sitting in this room today, each person that's viewing us online. God, I pray that you would just speak to our hearts. God, people didn't come here to hear a person speak. They came to get a touch from you, Holy Spirit. And so we just ask that you would uh, move in our lives. God, we want to leave here changed. We want to leave here better 
but not for our own benefit, but so we can change the world around us. God, we love you so much. In Jesus' name, come on, everyone say it. Amen, amen. Hey, I got a question for you. Have you ever purchased something that you were pressured to purchase? Have you ever purchased, were you ever pressured to purchase something? That's what I'm trying to say. Pressured to purchase something. Now, some people are more prone to fall victim to the pressure of purchasing something. My wife. I didn't know this about her, but she, and she's watching now, so, babe, I love you. Uh, she uh, is, I didn't know this, is easily pressured when it comes to purchasing something. And here's why I say this. Last week, last Saturday, we went to the fair. Uh, we are not a fair family. We don't do the rides. We're there for the food. Come on. We're there for the deep fried everything. And and uh, I know I'm getting old, too, because I'm like, hey, let's go look at all the vendors in that little hall. You, you know what I'm talking about? Let's go look at the flower land and the plant. And, like, I, I'm like, what am I, 40? You know? Um, I'm just kidding. I'm just Hey, chill. I'm almost 40, okay? Hey. <laughs> oh, Lord. We should just pray right there. I think y'all are blessed already. Um. So, so I'm like, we go to the fair, I, we tell my kids, hey, you can do like one or two rides, but we're here for the food, and we're here to walk around and check everything out. We have never been to the fair in like eight years. It, it was eight years. And so, uh, so we, 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 we go to the hall. Do you guys know that hall where all the vendors are, the people that are cooking and like uh, with pots and pans, and they have knives, check out these knives, and they're like making smoke. You guys know what I'm talking about, right? Now, there's a rule when you walk into that hall. It's an unspoken rule. But there is a rule that when you walk into that hall or anywhere where there's vendors, here's the rule. Don't make eye contact. Because the moment you make eye contact, the moment they're like, gotcha. The moment you fall victim to their Ponzi scheme. I knew this. I knew the rule, okay? I knew the rule. My wife apparently did not know the rule. So we're walking into this vendor hall, and, uh, and we're just like, oh, there's so many things here, right? And I'm just like, I'm looking straight ahead. People are saying hi. I'm just, they don't know I'm a pastor. And, uh. My wife didn't know the rules, and so we're walking. And my wife looks at this one station selling this certain product, and uh, she looks, and she made eye contact with the guy that was there. And he played her, ladies and gentlemen. He said, uh, he said something along the lines of, oh, you must be 22. Come here. My wife was like, <laughs> She sits down. I'm like, oh, heck no. He's like, you want to sit down, sir? I'm like, I'm, just, I'm not even answering. I'm just, kids, let's go. We leave my wife there. I told you, I don't mess around, guys. 
So she's sitting there. I'm like, okay, we, we, we make a, a stroll around the entire thing, and we come back. She's still there. She's sitting down, and they're applying this product to her. And he's like, what do you think, talking to me? I'm like, it's amazing. <laughs> like, her lips look phenomenal. It's for her eyes, sir. Her eyes look amazing. I don't know. I don't know. I don't know. And, uh, and then I'm like, babe, it looks like you need more time. So we literally got on a street. Like, we walk around again. But as I'm walking this time, she's like, how much is this? And he says, like, this absurd amount. And I'm like, dude, my wife, she's smart. She will not purchase this for that price. And I'm walking away, and I'm like, babe, I'm going to go get the kids a candy apple. You can just meet us over there. So my kids and I were eating candy apples and uh, just enjoying the time. And my wife, I'm just, I'm proud of her because I know <laughs> she will not purchase this product. And I see her in a distance walking to us holding a bag <laughs> with the most defeated look on her face. So ticked. <laughs> and she's like, I bought it. I'm like, I see. And I was like, did you pay? Like, I mean, listen, she's a hardworking woman. She could spend her money on whatever. But I was like, did you buy it for however much I heard? And she's like, no. I told him that it was too much. And then he started dropping down the price. I mean, yeah, no. No. <laughs> and she can't, but here, here's why I'm telling you this story, because I, I need to, that was a long story. Um, here, here's why I'm telling you this. The entire day, my wife is livid. She's like, I can't believe I bought it. I can't, you, can't believe you did either, babe. Like, <laughs> She's like, like we're driving in the car 10 hours later. I can't believe I bought this. And at one point, I feel like she said something along the lines of like, I, I kind of wanted this, but I didn't need it. She was like, I kind of wanted it, but I didn't really need it. And I was thinking about that. And how many of you guys realize that what I want and what I need usually do not coexist. How, how many of you guys know that, that typically what I want is something that I go after first before what I need? Like there's this human inclination inside each, this innate desire to pursue first what I want rather than what I need. And what I want to pull out of this story this morning that we just read in the text is, is Jesus, he flips that model upside down. Because what we read in these verse, verse 15 through 19, it, what, what we see is that uh, Jesus, he actually pursues what this woman needs first before he gives her what she wants. 
was. So, so in this story, if you are just joining us, it started in John chapter 4. Jesus, he was going from Judea to Galilee. And uh, the scripture says that Jesus had to go through Samaria. Now, we know Jesus didn't have to go there, but he chose to go there. In fact, most believe he had to go through Samaria to meet this lady, to talk with this lady. And so Jesus, he gets there, he gets to the well, it's around noon, scripture says, and uh, he, he sits by the well, he's tired, he's thirsty, this poor lady comes to the well, and she's like, I'm, uh, she's, she's drawing well, and Jesus is like, can I have something to drink? The lady's response is like, why are you asking me for some water? You're a Jew, I'm a Samaritan, we don't talk, you like this is really not appropriate. Because uh, the Jewish people and Samaritans, they, they were headbutting. Uh, they, there was tension between the two for, for a long time. And, and, and Jesus was like, listen, if you knew who I was, you would ask me for some water. If, if you knew who I was, you would ask me for water because I have water that, that will sustain you forever. That will never run dry. And then this lady's like, but you don't have a bucket. You don't have a rope. This well's deep. How are you going to do it? Are you better than Jacob? The one who gave us this well. And then we get to verse 15. And there's something that happens. There's a shift that happens in this, this lady's uh, perspective and mindset and attitude. Because in verse 15, she, gets, she finally says, okay, I want some of that water. That water that you're selling, sir, I want it. That, that's, I, I, I want this water. Now. Any good salesman at that point would have closed the deal. Because I just spent hours talking to you about water, trying to convince you. You were like, no, I don't want any water. And now you finally do. Any good salesman would have been like, sold. The story should have been Jesus put his hand on her head, prayed for her, and she, was, she received the living water. That's how I think the text should have went. But it doesn't. In fact, what we see in verse 16, when the woman's like, I want this water, I'll give me the water. In verse 16, the very next thing we see in this conversation, Jesus is like, okay, go get your husband and then come back. If I'm this lady, I'm like, wait, what? How are we talking about a husband? Like, we're just talking about water. Like, it's one of those conversations that you're like, uh... Someone save me, <laughs> right? Like, and, 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 and Jesus like, go get your husband. Now, most scholars believe at this point that the, her response in verse 17 was a response for her, or she responded that way to try and change the subject, okay? She, she was like, this is a little bit uncomfortable, uh, I'm going to change the subject. And so she said, I want the water. Jesus is like, okay, go get your husband and come back. Her response, verse 17, is this. I don't have a husband. <laughs> like, I don't have a husband. And now technically, she wouldn't be lying. She currently didn't have a husband in this moment. She knew she wasn't lying. I, I think that Jesus knew that she was lying. 
Now, most of us, at least I would, if this conversation was happening and this person lied to me and I knew that this person was lying, I would naturally just be like, okay, you want to lie to me? Whatever. Blah, blah, blah. I'll play along, okay? You're not married. But not Jesus. Jesus does something in the very next verse, verse 18, that I think is so just bizarre, but I think that there's, so, there's a reason why he did this, and we'll talk about it. So she's like, I don't have a husband in verse 17. And then we get to verse 18, and Jesus is like, you're right, you don't have a husband. At this point, she's probably thinking, Phew, you've had five husbands. Oh, beep, right? Like, <laughs> you're right, you don't have one husband. You don't have a husband. You had five husbands. And I'm, I'm, I'm reading this. And in this moment, I think what Jesus is letting us know, the readers know, us readers know, is that this lady had a history. This lady had a history. This late, there's something in this lady's past that is causing her to act the way that she's acting in the present. I'll say that again because this is what we're building on. There is something that, that happened in this lady's past that has caused her to live and respond the way that she is presently responding and living. There, there's something that happened in the past. Now, i got to be honest with you. Every time that I've ever read this story, every time that, uh, that I've ever heard someone talk about this story, it has always been through the lens that this lady was like the first desperate housewife Samaria edition. Okay? Like every time I've ever heard this story told, it's through the lens of like this lady's a gold digger. This lady's going, getting whatever she wanted from this man, then moving on to this guy, then to this guy. And, and that has been the, the, the lens in which I, I've ever read the story, I've ever heard the story told. But I, can I propose to you this morning that, that her history had less to do with harlotry and more to do with heartache. Can I propose to you this morning that her history, what was in her past, had, had less to do with harlotry, more to do with heartache. And here's, here's why I say this, a couple reasons why. The first reason is during this time period, a divorce could only be initiated by the male. Like, the, the, during this time period, I don't want to get angry emails. <laughs> like, during this time period, the, lady, the, 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 the female, the lady, she had no right to, to initiate a divorce. It, like, so, in fact, in fact, because they were Samaritan, they would have, they, they would have been guided by the Pentateuch, the first five laws of uh, uh, books of the Bible. And uh, in that, it states this. It states that, it states that if, if she finds no favor in the eyes 
of her husband due to indecency or objectionable action, it is grounds for a divorce. Okay, so let's break that down. In this time period, a divorce was only initiated by the husband, and per the law, it could be something as, as, as small as the husband losing favor, or excuse me, the wife losing favor in the eyes of the husband. And so it could be for something big, but a lot of the times it was because of something small. And so the, 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 the man, the husband, they had grounds like if she showed up late, divorce. You, you overcooked the meal, divorce, right? And, I, and I'm trying, I want you guys to understand, like, how, how this is something, like, it's, it's something where that, that this lady, she, like, she, let me put it this way. I think she, it wasn't her desire to be a divorcee, but rather she was a byproduct of, of how her ex-husband saw her of how her ex-husbands had treated her. Okay, so, so, so here, here's this lady, five husbands, okay? And then Jesus puts, he, he actually says that detail, and I think it's a very important detail. He says, yep, you had five husbands. Well, according to, according to uh, the, the law at this time period, a person was only allowed to divorce, be divorced, three times. It was only condoned up into three times. The Jewish rabbinical teaching condemned divorcing more than three times. But Jesus said that she was divorced, how many times? Five times. And she can initiate a divorce, so that means that at least two of her husbands had passed away. So here is this lady, at least two times, at least two of the husbands she had passed away. So not only was she looked at differently, but she also had the burden of being a widow. In fact, that that is why I think Jesus, in the New Testament, he's like, take care of the orphans and the widows, right? Because during this time period, widows, they, uh, they actually, like right now, like we're like, hey, we love you. We want to be there for you. We want to support you. But during this time period, someone would look at a widow and they would stay away because they think, they, they would have thought that this person was carrying death with them. And that almost makes sense because this lady came at 12 noon at the well. And uh, she was trying to avoid everybody. And so here's this lady. I don't know the order of this story. We're just, I'm just assuming right now, okay? But here's this lady. She, she finds this guy. They marry. They're happy. They're like, we're going to be together forever. And then he dies. That sucks. Well, meets another guy. You're cool. I love you. 
They grow, and then he dies. This is not good. And yet she finds three other dudes that must have not heard about her reputation of killing people, right? And so here she is. Here, stay with me. I'm almost done, guys. She, here she is, okay? Um, the third, third person. We don't know if the third person died or if this was, or if he, he saw something and, and divorced her, but we do know the progression of the five people were probably heartaches, were probably something that was hurting, was probably something of pain. Like this lady has a history of heartache. This lady has a history of heartbreak, of pain, of brokenness. And then, so Jesus, he says, you have five husbands. And right here, he's, he's letting us know, again, she has a history. And what he's about to say next, he's about to tie her history with how it's affecting how she's currently living. And he says this. He says, you had five husbands. History. And the one you're living with now is not your husband. Now, here, here, here's why I think this is so vital. And here's why I think this is very important. It's because I wonder if the reason in which she decides to just be with this guy and not marry this guy is because she's so bound to the past and the history of hurt, of brokenness, and pain She's now with this guy, and she's like, I don't even want to get married. Because I know what has happened in the past. Jesus is like, the one you're with now is not your husband. To which, if I'm the lady, I'm thinking, do you blame me? Do, do you blame me for not wanting to get married again? I've tried this thing out five times. And each time, it's left me empty, it's left me broken, it's left me disappointed. Do you blame me? Do you blame me for not wanting to be married now? And what we see is this lady's past being projected on her present. And it got me thinking, I wonder how many of us project pains from the past onto things of the present. And how many of us we've allowed the past to dictate what God wants to do in the present, that God wants to do now. Remember, this was a rabbit trail. Because she was like, I want some of this water that you're talking about. And we can have the keys come up. I, I wonder, I, I want some of this water that you're talking about. This is the lady. I want some of this water that you're talking about. And Jesus, rather than giving her what she wants, he first had to address what she needed.
sometimes Jesus, so, excuse me, sometimes we first need to address what is needed in order to sustain and steward what we want. Sometimes we have to, we have to, we have to, um, we have to focus on what is needed. Like, and, and so Jesus knew, Jesus knew in this moment that this lady wanted the water, that he wanted, Jesus knew, because we're going to learn about this next week, she, what she's about to take place next week is going to blow your mind. Because she becomes one of the greatest evangelists in that village. She becomes one of the greatest evangelists in that village. But Jesus, I believe, Jesus knew that in order for her to get to that place, he first had to heal her from what her past was. In order for her to sustain what God wanted to do in her life, he first had to fix, heal her past. I have this illustration right here. Mike, you want, Mike? I love illustrations. And so, uh, you can stand on this side and then just, you can just hold, hold that. So this, obviously, this is me, but not just me, it's you as well. And uh, this is us. And, and we're like, man, we just, God, we want to be used by you. Is that anybody else's prayer? God, like, I want you to take me to new levels. God, I want you to take me to, 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 to new places. Like, I want to grow in you. God, I want my faith in you to grow. God, I want to be used now. Sometimes Jesus wants to focus on what we need first so that we can sustain what we want. And so uh, here's my, I love this stuff. I used this last week too. It's amazing stuff. And if you want to hold the buck, the, hold me. Can you hold me? Yes. Let's hold me over that thing, though. <laughs> and so, okay, so this is me, guys. Me and you. Me and you. You don't want to hold two hands. It's getting heavy. Um, so this is us. We're like, God, use me. I want to be used. You can hold up a little bit. The problem is, the, the, the problem is, 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 uh, that may be what I want, but it's not what I need at this moment. And we're like, God, use me. Why aren't you using me? I feel empty. Use me. But here's our nugget for this morning. I wrote it down. Somewhere. <laughs> so awkward. Sean, where did you write? Oh, there it is. 
I have a bad memory. Nugget number three, Jesus wants to heal you. Jesus wants to heal you. See, you're saying, God, I want to be used. This is what I want. God's like, okay, but first let me give you what you need. First let me heal you from that past. First let me heal you from this because he can't allow us to project our past on our present because the moment we do this is the moment we pollute our present. And so he's like, he's like, no, 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 no. I know this is what you want. I know you want me to pour into you, but you don't need that right now. What you need me to do is to heal you. He, he, he wants to heal you. He, he wants to heal that, that past hurt that you went through, that past relationship that, 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 like, that hurt so bad and like every person that you've dated afterwards, like you see that person as that person. Every hurt that you've had at a past job, like you start looking at your boss the same way that you looked at that boss. Every church that hurts you, you begin to look at the church that you're at through the lens of the church that hurts you in the past. And God wants to move you forward, but he can't move you forward until you're like, Jesus, heal me from my past. Jesus said, you got five husbands. The one you're with now is not even your husband. Let's fix that. And her response was this in verse 19. Surely you are a prophet. Surely you are, during this time period, a prophet was someone that God spoke through to reach the people. Surely you are a prophet. Surely you know what you're talking about. See, she wanted the water, but Jesus knew that in order for her to steward and sustain the water, he had to heal her. So that when he pours into her, it sustains and it holds, and it fills up. And he just wants to pour more and more into your life. But friends, that's only possible if we allow him to heal us. If we allow him to heal the hurts and the pains and the frustrations and the disappointments from people, from organizations, Whatever it is you're going through, whatever it is you're holding on to, Jesus wants to heal you so that you can be free, so that you can sustain everything that he has for you. Amen, somebody.